And we're live with our 118th episode of Absolute AppSec. I'm Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Seth Law. Seth, say hi. Hey, everybody. That's at Seth Law on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. What did I say? Um, <laughs> you just said Seth, say hi. It's all good. Oh, it's a new year. Yeah, we're a little it's, rusty. It, it's, it's a new podcast. And, you know, it's me, you know, getting after Ken, apparently, right? Uh, welcome back. Uh, I know it's been a couple months, or not a couple months, it's been a few weeks since we had an episode. Um, the holidays, a lot has happened. Um, but we're super excited to be back. And to be, yeah, uh, to still be part of the conversation, right? Um, there's, yeah, and I know Ken's going to go into this. There's been a, there's been a few, there's a few items that we really want to talk about. I don't know how like deep into application security we're going to get this week, um, but some of the items that have popped up over the last couple of days definitely have an application security bent or vulnerabilities associated with them that we're going to want to talk through uh, because it's it's affecting the political climate. It's affecting, you know, doom scrolling. I, I don't know what, what else you want to call it, right? Um, but um, outside of that, I know that there's a, there's, yeah, we don't, we don't necessarily have any huge announcements this year so far as you know as far as the training goes or anything along those lines uh ken and i are going to be reworking some of the absolute appsec website um and we've got some other contributors that are going to be coming on board to help us out with that um past yeah <clears throat> past guests of the show that want to help out um and we'll start pushing some other research angles uh i don't know ken was there anything else you wanted to announce today um, no, I mean, yes and no. I, I, I like, uh, I know we've got a lot in the works for this upcoming 2020 or 2021 mm-hmm. year. I know that, uh, I guess just tell people to, yeah, we just stay tuned because things are, this is going to be an interesting year, I think, for, for us. Um, we're gonna, we've got like some modifications, some revamps of the podcast. You'll notice, or if you've got the ability to stream 1080p, we're on 1080 this year. Where we've upgraded some of the uh, some of the equipment, and that's not all. We've got more content we're planning on producing, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really fun year. So, I guess the answer is that's what I would say, and just stay tuned for more. <laughs> Watch this space if you Watch aren't already. Space. Yeah, if you aren't already. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, man, getting back into it. Uh, did you do anything good for the Christmas or holiday break? Uh, not really. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> we did, we did ski some, um, you know, like early December. I had a, like, we, we took a couple weeks off because of some life stuff that happened for me and it equated to me working basically through December 31st to finish up projects that I missed early December. So we had a few, I had a few days off. I'll probably be taking a week or so here in the near future um, just to, to catch up on that. But I, you know, we did go skiing. We did the holiday stuff. Um, It was good to just kind of be with family. I know you took a vacation, so at least one of us got some, some R and R. Yeah. Got some sun, Uh, but yeah, uh, back into it now. So um, yeah, I know you, man, you need to take a vacation at some point. <laughs> yes, yes. A real one. A real, a real one. one. Yes, yes. Yeah. Let's, just say, let's just say like uh, it's it, um, spending your vacation time and money, you know, to sleep in an ICU bed is not fun, right? Like that's, it's not fun. I don't wish that on anyone. So. Yeah, no, that sounds awful. Um, yeah. Truly awful. <laughs> But you know we we can jump into you know more fun topics. Yes, yes. We can. Specifically, uh, wh- where do you want to start, Ken? Where do you want to start? Oh, well, I think what we could do is maybe just like start with the. So maybe we just start with like the least. I don't know, polarizing, politicizing. Oh, and as a like as a uh, precursor or. Uh, preface or warning, or I don't know what you would call it, but, uh, there might be some curse words today. Uh, so if you have little ones in the room, um, 
just that's, you know, probably you don't want them to hear. I'm, I don't, we're not purposefully doing this, but you might hear some, some language today just because it given the topic. So, um, though we're going to try and stay scientific and not emotional about it, but anyways, let's start with the least politicizing thing. Um, let's talk about parlor, but not parlor, the off taken offline piece parlor, the hack. That, okay. That, uh, so. Yeah. Okay. So th this this one was interesting, and there, there there's a few links that are associated with it. Um, mostly, you know, stuff that was on Reddit yesterday, early, or I guess it was it started Sunday, right? Um, about Parler's infrastructure and how they were taken offline. Um, let me see. I'll post a link <laughs> if you'd like. Yeah. Start with the you know all Parler user data is being downloaded. Um, so there was a link that went around Reddit that was basically like, oh, it looks like you know people are backing up Parler, like all the Parler posts that are out there, um, including you know DMs and uh, I, well, I don't even know about DMs, but at least everything that has been that had been posted uh, to the to the public site itself or the public side of things. Um, and there's this, and it's almost a conspiracy theory of how it happened, right? Had to do right. with something to do with Twilio and how they were doing reset passwords and sending items through Twilio to allow reset passwords and looking up administrators and then resetting an administrator account, creating thousands of administrator accounts. Um, but there was a lot of kind of hand waving that went on with it. Right. If you read through that post, um, did you yeah, find that my, one? My computer is running really slow. I'm actually trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so I'm having problems opening windows. Um, that's fine. Here, I'll post it. Yeah. Oh, it's even on old. Not Reddit. Whatever. Um. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. So uh, you can read through some of those links on how it actually, you know, how it went down. Now, the interesting thing is that, come yesterday, uh, one of the the security researcher in question actually posted how things were happening, right? Uh, and this is where it gets into application security specifically. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry for my slow. Uh, it seems fine. like once we started streaming, it started bogging down on my machine, yeah. so. That's fine. Are you watching? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm watching anyway. Slack. Yeah. Okay. So this comment specifically, uh, let's see, is that the second one? Whoops, no, it's not, sorry. Is that the first one? Dang. Yeah, oh, sorry, I, I posted the, the same one twice, apparently. Well, I don't know. Okay, it's one of those comments that's in there. It's that same one. Um, okay. Yeah, there's a little difference at the end of the URLs, which is like the, uh, yeah. I guess, comment. Yeah, ID. the specific comment that's being called out, right? Um, but you'll notice in that second comment that it talks through the actual flaws that allowed for the downloading of the content. And it really doesn't have anything to do with authentication. It has to do with IDs, right? Um, I'm fairly certain looking at it that this is a, a list of, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it, it's, it's insecure direct object reference, right? based on what the comment is. Um, tip, uh, specifically, Parler Endpoints let you put in an integer and it will turn it into a post image video rather than making you know the random ID. So like a combination of, I mean, it's broken access control if you're, if you're talking the OWASP POP 10, but you can spin through very quickly. And anybody who's done you know, web application penetration testing, application security assessments is used to doing this with Burp Intruder, right? You find an endpoint that has what looks like an integer and you say, hey, I'm going to check out and see what's going to happen for these thousand integers to see if I can access other content. Um, now, in yeah, this case, your yeah. payload and incremental sequential configuration, you're off to the races. Yeah. And it seems like the Twitter, like the Twitter user that was doing the the backups was just listing all of the content using these integers, right? So they created a bunch of scripts to go out and 
divvy up the work, people could download, I, I believe it was a Docker image, it would just spin it up and start to do it and then store the data back to a centralized location. Um, and then, yeah, it's, you know, back up all the posts, everything that had happened. The other thing that was interesting with those is that when you would delete a post, it wouldn't actually delete it. It was still accessible via those integers. Mm. Um, it was just marked as deleted, right? So it wouldn't show up in the UI. It would like the lookup itself, if you were using the app, wouldn't show those those posts. Um, and then there was a bunch of metadata around each of the posts, images and videos, including uh, locations and other things that you could pull out of it, right? right. Um, yeah. So, and then the second thing with the, the 2FA right? Email verification was down. So anyone could create an, an account and, and spam parlor because Twilio, as soon as Twilio went offline and dropped parlor. And I know we're going to get into the whole like, you know, disabling of parlor here in a little bit, but at the very least, right? Like they had never thought through what happens if Twilio didn't respond. Right. Yeah. So, or that if they did, it was basically allow, you know, allow account creation and verified accounts once, you know, if Twilio is not up. Um, so there was kind of a logic flaw that went along with that. Uh, so they created a, an, a, a script to just go and create accounts to automate that. Um, yeah. Pretty <laughs> traditional AppSec issues. Yeah, I, I mean, realistically it is. And, and it's not overly surprising, right? Like Parler wasn't a huge, it's not like Twitter... I mean, you yeah. know, yeah, the service itself is, but as far as the engineering talent behind it, the size of the company, like how much time they had invested, this is something that I totally would have expected with Twitter or with Facebook, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, um, that there would have been like these sorts of issues that could have been exploited. So it, like it wasn't overly surprising, but it is very much a product security nightmare, right? Like you're an application security nightmare if you're the one that's running that application security program. Um, like I don't I don't get any indications that they'd ever had an assessment done, which is surprising kind of given their uh, audience and given what they were trying to do. Um, the fact that users had to provide images of their IDs like front and back to get a verified account. Um, they're storing a ton of sensitive data. I don't know how much of that is actually compromised. I, I mean, have you seen any of those coming through? Like, I, I know that they backed up all the images and posts, but um, whether or not those images were private images, that's the other question that I've got on it. No, I haven't. I, other, I've only seen speculation that, that it was used to track down uh, people it, that it, yeah that, that were yeah that, so it was used to track down people that were at the cabinet. allegedly yeah i mean obviously we're none of us a part of the fbi so i have no idea but that was that's been alleged that the that they have uh located some of the the criminal elements through uh that pilfer data again just speculation i think just speculation i haven't seen anything I, that, this, this part, I'm not actually like, let me see. Yeah. I'm not actually sure. Um, well, and that, that's, that's just it. That's, that's validated. the problem that I'm having here is that uh, there's a lot of talk about it. Right. Um, but there's not a lot of people that have valid information. Right. And I know we're kind of adding to the pile here. Um, yeah. But I, like, yeah, a I, little. I, I yeah, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about the actual data set and what's in it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just... Uh, doo -doo -doo. Yeah, I'm not actually... I think that that's... We'll just count that as a rumor for now. We'll just count that as a rumor. And, and you know, because I until it's like... It's like you said, I don't want to further spread misinformation until we, we have an answer there. So for now, we'll just say that it's up in the air. <laughs> but yeah, that the hack itself is pretty, it's pretty basic. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know that it's even, it's just like typical, like you said, it's it's like old, not even old school. It's just like typical, very fundamental AppSec flaws. And given that the platform is there to, for people that, 
don't feel that they have a voice on traditional social media and the topics that they might be discussing are possibly polarizing. (laughs) This is the nicest way I'm trying to tiptoe around this, but, uh, you know, you de- you definitely want to keep your user base safe. I don't think there's any question there. And this is like a failure on Parler's um, side to sort of, you know, do their due diligence. Um, which, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't, I haven't seen anything that, that uh, has indicated that they were taken offline because of this, right? Uh, which would be a, make a little bit more sense. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if we, if you want to move on, if you want to get into this, I mean, it's going to, we're 20 minutes in and it's going to probably take a while for us to hammer this out. So, <laughs> and we're not going to decide anything by the end. Just, just, yeah. just but further sure. like questions. Yeah, exactly. No, Seth, we're going to solve it today. We're going to figure it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we can at least ponder some of this, you know, I think, so if it's okay with you, I'll just give you uh, yeah. Like, yeah, go okay. ahead and give, give kind of the rundown and then we'll we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> okay, cool. So Parler was taken offline. I think most people know that by now. They were taken offline by AWS where their resources were hosted. Additionally, their app was removed from the Google store and from the Apple store. Mm-hmm. And all this came at the same time that uh, Trump was removed from Twitter and or suspended from Twitter. And uh, so it's a very, it's a very weird thing uh, is what I, is what I would say in in that. um, So when I say it's a weird thing, it's a polar, it's, I don't know if it's a polarizing topic or if it's just, it's just getting weird. And I'll explain why I think it gets weird. So like I said, their stuff was pulled offline and it was pulled offline to uh, and Trump as well to prevent the uh, prevent prevent further violence. Essentially, I think is what what it um, boils down to. There are a few things um, which we'll get into legally to discuss, but I think for me personally, why this kind of hit home a little bit harder than anything was I I'm used to in the hacker community. Um, at least like when you and I initially started the spirit of the internet is the internet and you do whatever the internet, don't look if you don't want to be a part of it or if you don't want to like go to that realm. And uh, it was very much like, I know this sounds crazy to some people these days, but it was like, it's out there. If you don't like it, don't look. And there is no regulation. And we enjoyed 25 years of, you know, no regulation on, very little regulation on the internet. And so there's that like bias that comes into play in a way, or just maybe an understanding of like, that was sort of the, the hacker nature. Um, and the very same people who, you know, I kind of, I, I would say I would expect to sort of remember these types of uh, things immediately jumped on the, you know, hell yes. Uh, Trump's off Twitter. And like that, I, that I can kind of reason more about since you're talking about an individual who has repeatedly put out things that um, would violate essentially the terms of service for the platform, which is, I think, I know the community safety standards are something that's like not exactly obvious to everybody. And um, I guess there's a little bit of mystery at times behind that, but uh it is up to Twitter's discretion. So I can reason about that a little bit more. What freaked me out, I guess a little bit was the absolute celebration of um, taking parlor offline. Uh, it was a little weird to me through, it was a little jarring because there, I didn't see anyone's take a step back and say, Hey, like not to say they didn't, but I just didn't see it. Right. I didn't see any, uh, I didn't see anybody say, you know, like, Hey, uh, there are some ramifications to consider here. Because in the moment, maybe we don't really agree with the the most extreme folks discussing the most extreme things on that platform, and that's fine. That's like that's a that's a social dis, you know decision. That's how you know how you look at it. But I don't feel like there was much of a. But what if it's something we don't all? 
and and I'm not, and actually, you know, not everybody disagrees or agrees, right? Uh, but my point is, is that I didn't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there was further thought into like, what if, what if this was a platform I wanted to use? What if it was a platform I was on and I didn't necessarily agree with whatever politic or whatever, or maybe it had nothing to do with politics and it was about something else. And, you know, maybe it was a discussion about hacking. Maybe it's a site, it's a site all about getting hackers to communicate. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, from a, a popular society standpoint, hacking is looked at as this negative thing, right? And then we're not allowed to, to, to discuss any further on that platform when we're shut down. There's ramifications for these kinds of decisions, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it, I've been grappling with the right and wrong of this, where it ends, where it begins. Um, but yeah, I guess let's just start there. Like, I didn't feel like there was much, hey, we really need to think through this. Uh, yeah. And I guess that disappointed me um, quite a bit, actually. So I'm like a little nervous talking about this because, you know, it's a very like, I yeah, polarizing topic. But uh, anyways, that's that's sort of where this all started. It, it is right. And like, I'll go back to again, I'm, you know, old, whatever. Right. Ken can make fun of me all he wants here. But um, I, I kind of go back to the the early days of even like the ARPANET and like BBSing. Right. Like the the ways that we can connect and kind of the the undercurrent of almost complete freedom and anarchy that was associated with those times, right? Like th there was content out there that was, was very, very radical, right? Like it wasn't, you know, it was very obvious that it was not coming or it wasn't like mainstream. Um, and that was kind of that freedom of ideas, freedom of expression, um, like uh, the, the companies can, yeah, like basically, you decided as a sysop what you would allow on your platform, right? So on your BBS back in the day, um, and you would set up your own like terms of service, and and that I understand, right? Like the like you know what Twitter has done, like their terms and terms of service, their you know conditions for hosting an account. Hey, that's great, right? Um, I know that AWS has some of that as well, but it. I think where you're going is kind of that section 230 stuff that that is associated right. with with sites, right? Because on the one hand, we want that to exist because we're a utility, we're not necessarily like as a as a website as a service, you you're not responsible for the content of your users, right? The things that they put up there, they're responsible for, but you're not. Um but there's this weird line with Parler and taking it offline that apparently, well, and not apparently, like it it crossed a line with AWS. And so AWS dropped them. But AWS wasn't the first one, right? Like we're talking, um, I'm pretty sure Google and Apple were the first ones to remove Parler from their platforms, right? Um, and then it escalated to AWS, which because the website was still up for a while after the apps were removed from the app stores. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, like I'm with you. I, I, I'm conflicted. I, the thing is, is I was watching everything happen in real time. I was seeing voices in our community, um, like some of the people that I follow that were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, we are we're definitely like we need to think through this. It, there needs to be accountability there, right? As far as what it is that an, a site or an application, like what value it provides to the community um, and what we're willing to accept. Um, but knee-jerk reactions are not the way to, to monitor that, right? Uh, and it's not the way, like the more emotional that we get, uh, the more that we can damage ourselves is, is basically kind of the, the feeling I was getting out of, out of Twitter and some of these people that are involved. Um, with running large sites, right. That's all I wanted, honestly, was to see something. I didn't see anything like that. And, and to be fair, you know, I, I wouldn't say I had spent, I was spending a lot of time on Twitter the last few days. This is just in various chat groups and various places that I, you know, come across, and this isn't like, I'm not trying to like slap anybody on the wrist. And that's awesome. That there are people having that conversation, but my initial like view was seeing people not have any 
sort of issue with this. And I'm like, whoa, this is, this is yeah. scary. Like it's absolutely scary. And I don't, this isn't a left or right thing. I don't care about that. This is about technology and this is about, you know, freedom. Uh, and, you know, and, and I've seen the, I think one of the arguments I saw was, you know, well, it's not a violation of freedom of speech because a violation of freedom of speech is more about the government silencing versus private companies and private companies have the rights to do the right to, to not, you know, provide a service to someone. Um, and that cuts both ways. And uh, yeah, I would agree with that. That's, I, I mean, you can't not agree with that. That's, that's the law. It doesn't have anything to do with private companies. It has everything to do with the government shutting things down and or silencing, you know, individuals or groups or whatever. So it's not necessarily a violation of freedom of speech. I, I think it's, and you mentioned 230 and 230 uh, is an interesting, uh, it's, it's interesting situation because both the Democrats and Republicans want to make changes to this, but for different reasons, right? One yeah. wants more restrictions, one wants less. Um, and, but there's still contention uh, there, right? So um, it, it's, it's, it's a weird thing because what you're talking about is we, we want, so for instance, political interference, we absolutely uh, don't want political interference, right? Just as an example. So that spurred some regulation uh, changes from the Republican party. Um, and then there is just straight up like, you know, hate speech and um, just defensive things that come across. And obviously uh, there, there were changes requested of 230 so that social media companies could better regulate uh, those, those groups. Um, and this is where I think it gets weird. It's like, where, where does it make sense to regulate and where doesn't? I think the, some of the arguments I saw for regulation were that Parler was, um, you know, promoting hate speech or they had members who were promoting uh, hate speech, uh, inciting violence, et cetera. Having said that, that is on every social media platform. And it was, it was ironic to me that it was cherry pick. There were cherry picked screenshots from parlor showing that. Uh, and later I saw cherry picked screenshots of accounts that were still on Twitter that had done the same thing essentially. But um, you know, the, the point being that uh, it was, it was, it, it was like, these are the cherry picked reasons why we absolutely are okay. in taking this service offline. The other thing too, that's uh, a little weird it, Cause I mean, I kind of agree with this, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd seen someone say, Hey, look, it's a free market. If you don't want to use those, or if you can't use those services, you, you have to go somewhere else. Um, and you're free to choose. And that's also a fair argument, but as technologists, you know, I just don't think that we, um, I don't think we have the luxury of just making decisions based off of what we agree with in the moment and what we don't agree with in the moment. Perfect example cops were super beloved after 9-11, right? Because in the moment, society really valued, you and I are old enough to remember that, remember that day. Mm -hmm. Cops were completely, uh, you know, celebrated and firemen and, and all that. And that now you fast forward and, you know, last year there was all cops are bastards, right? And that's where society trends are at. It goes, it flips back and forth. That's why I don't give a fuck about, you know, society's, typical opinions on these things, because we have to think a little bit farther. I feel like anyways, beyond our emotions, beyond the current society whims and, you know, who's liking what, and we have to think about the ramifications. And this is where I think it gets a little weird because yeah. there is some responsibility, but it, but how much responsibility is there? And at, and at what time does it make sense? Now let's go back real quick to the law. Uh, they are so parlor is invoking uh the sure sorry i'm looking at my notes over here the sherman yeah, Antitrust act uh, as a as a violation uh you know that's or sorry they're they're invoking a violation of sherman antitrust laws as well as the fact that apparently aws services i don't know if this is true aws services agreement uh says that you um get 30 days as a notice and uh, they got like 30 hours before they were pulled offline and um, also, I was going to mention that uh, Okta 
so because you're talking about Google and Apple taking them offline, Okta also, because apparently Parler was on a free trial of Okta, um, which is kind of funny. That's actually kind of funny. Uh, and so like Okta is like, you know, they, I think it was more ceremonial as a gesture of like, yeah, we're, I don't know. But they 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 pulled the plug on, um, on Parler as well. So, uh, but yeah, so from a legal perspective, I think I think that they've got a several things that you know Parler has several things that they're throwing against the wall. Um, so I you know I, I think it's it's going to be an interesting thing to from a case law study perspective. Neither of us are obviously lawyers, and I think that that's what's going to be a deciding factor here. But yeah, I'm just curious what your thoughts are, Seth, because like you're like one of the most even keel sort of neutral. <laughs> like you are really uh, yeah I, yeah. yeah I've uh, yeah, I I, I kind of keep going back to that section two thirty, right? Like because right. you heard, uh, I mean, three months ago, you know, President Trump was going after section two thirty because TikTok users were posting con, uh, you know, content that he did not agree with, right? <laughs> um, and, and so it it feels really, uh, I don't know, interesting. I guess there's not there's not lack of a. a yeah, there's no better term there, but it feels interesting to see that um, those protections basically disappeared for Parler, right? Like they're they're being held accountable for what their users were saying, um, but they were also being held accountable for what their terms and conditions imposed on their users. That that's where I'm like. Wow, that's that's super interesting, right? And and then we could talk about kind of this this whole idea of cancel culture that's going on, right? Um, which is very it's very common in like social media, um, right? Like you do something that the larger audience doesn't agree with, and you know your app in this case your whole platform has been canceled. It is is really what's happened, um, but it's all based on what those terms and conditions are. Because if they had had terms and conditions that are like Twitter, that they could actually like ban users um, or that they would ban users that were inciting hate speech speech or other things like that. Maybe they could, maybe they would still be around. Right. Um, even though that was kind of their gimmick, right. We've seen them promoted for, you know, at least a, a good year as far as the alternative to Facebook and Twitter that doesn't, doesn't fact check, right. Or doesn't limit what you actually say, like is, has complete freedom of, of speech, no matter who it hurts or no matter what happens to it. And I, like, I always, yeah. So like the whole cancel culture, whole, you know, two thirty, and then the intersection. Um, oh, there was another point that I had here, but there, there, there is an intersection. Dang it. I lost it. So uh, I want to go back to the terms of service. So, so, yeah. uh, basically they had, um, is, is the issue, well, such a new platform. I mean, what's the moderation on that even look like? And like, well, well that was it. There wasn't any, right? Like that's that right. Platform. There is no moderation. That's right. That's the whole platform's point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I but mean, moderation is in. Don't have moderation, right? Right. Most. Uh, yeah. Or it's like a, for whatever page, right? Like whatever community forum like you might have you might have moderators i mean you certainly have people that um you know can take certain things offline with most of these platforms i mean that's not i i think that that i think that that's but i think that that is is that really a government like a, a legal this is this should be if you don't do this it should you know then then it's, it's just weird. So are you, so like if you're not moderating, so then what you're like, people you're not allowed do what to. they want and then you're not allowed to have a service. Well, or at least yeah. not a service that you don't have in like your own data center with your own, literally like all of your own stuff built out. Cause nobody else will, none of the popular tech companies will be there to help you get off the ground. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, I mean, that, that that's kind of what it feels like, right? Like, you know, or that, or you can go and host some other place, right? Like you, you see this with, um, <laughs> Derek said, moderation equals police, but police equals bad. Confusing world we live in, right? That, exactly. that, that's a good sum up of what we're feeling that's right now, exactly. Derek, for yeah. sure. Is we, you know, it's 
it is confusing. And as people that have helped build out platforms or secure platforms um, from exactly the kind of things that Parler like exposed all their user data, right? It's like, what is the responsibility there? And and like, I don't know, David Filio posted something on, I can't remember if it was Facebook or Twitter, but I saw like, he had like this diagram of like, you know, conservatives, you know, liberals and technologists and a big circle around it that was basically, you know, all these people don't want their platform used to hurt people, right? Right, yeah, that's that's the honest that should be the honest uh, you know i think that that's the intention yeah and that that's the honest truth right and like it, it also goes back to the idea that yes we have rights but my my rights stop the second it impinges on someone else's rights you know um like you know my 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 freedom of speech or you know my freedom to you know go where i want to go the second that I cross into somebody else's property or I do something that impinges on someone else's rights to live their lives, uh, that's where that's kind of where the line is for me, right? Um, and right. I think for most people is like, yeah, I, you know, if I'm going to make someone else sick or I'm going to do something that hurts someone else, then I don't have a right to do that, right? Um, I, can, I can choose for myself, but I don't have a right to choose for someone else. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think yeah, there would. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a better way, right, point. to, to, to moderate that. But then, right, do we really want another government agency that's responsible for moderating what services can and can be out there, and then dictating what those terms of services look like? Because um, that feels like it slows down innovation. Again, the more like bureaucracy yeah. that we put around services. That means that those services are going to come out of places that don't have those same limitations on them because we won't be able to iterate quickly. So I don't know, man. Yeah. And that's the other angle to all of this that I don't feel like um, we've even touched on today, which is the antitrust, you know, anti-competition monopolistic sort of behavior here, which is, look, all my friends agree that you shouldn't be online and all my friends host platforms that are competitors to your business. So, you know what I mean? I know it's more complicated than that, but that's the feel, right? Like that's kind of the weird thing is like, these are the popular tech companies. If what you are putting out there goes against sort of like, this is just one argument. I'm not saying this is my opinion. I'm just saying this is one of the arguments and we haven't even gotten into it, which is if it, yeah, basically a big tech company has the ability to shut down smaller tech companies, which leads to, and this is part of the, the Sherman Act uh, piece that they're bringing to this. The only problem with the, so with the Sherman Act, I was reading about it. And again, we're not lawyers, but there's like two sort of main ways this goes, like a corporate corporation kind of situation uh, and, or a, or like a, a drug cartel or a cartel. Um, so in the case that it's like a cartel, they have to have evidence that is like, you know, video or audio recordings of in-person meetings to agree to things. Like there has to be like recorded agreements to things to commit conspiracy. And it's the same for corporations, except for it's more about the contracts that have been written out and agreed to. Uh, but again, it, a lot of it focuses on a conspiracy to shut down. And the, the, I think that there's a burden of proof to like show that uh, there was some monopolistic conspiracy antitrust sort of like uh, conspiring against the company to shut them down type deal, which is, again, this is, this is something that I do think is valuable to bring up because it's very easy to shut down something if popular society opinion supports it and backs it. Right. Like if everybody's like, well, yeah, well, that's a fringe bunch of nutcases, like take that stuff offline. We don't care then it's easy to slip in shutting down services for your, for alternative reasons, but use society's acceptance to then take down a, you know, a, a smaller business essentially is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, yeah. cause I mean, it would be easy. Too, they, yeah. Yeah. It would be easy to cast a smaller business in a certain light um, or promote the fact that there is these, you know, bad actors on that platform and use that to shut that, shut it down. I, you know, Derek, again, is bringing up good points, right? These groups that have consistently gone in front of Congress because they are, they're monopolizing, right? Like right. You, you talk about Facebook and the way that they've bought up smaller companies and then just 
you know, the, those services disappear because they were going to challenge that Facebook monopoly that they have on social media, right? And it actually, by the way, came up in the reading I was doing about all this. So I'm glad Derek mentioned it. And thanks for reading Derek's comment. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it was a larger topic before this all happened last week, right? Like you were starting to see this discussion about, you know, should these larger tech companies be broken up right? because of the amount of power that they wield? And then we almost are seeing how much power they wield, you know, because of uh, this, the, the societal impetus that's going on right now. Um, it, I, I also found it, found it interesting, right? Like, um, Angela Merkel coming out and saying that she found the the suspending of even just Trump's Twitter account as problematic um, because of those larger implications of, hey, in a free and open society, what is like, who are the, who are the police, right? Like who are the moderators and who's to say, what is valuable content and what is not? Again, like where are those lines? Um, and, and and obviously there were some lines that were crossed, but again, she was kind of calling back to, okay, you know, how far do we trust these tech companies to to implement that sort of moderation? Is it really? We shouldn't trust yeah. any company yeah. of any company period because companies are inherently not there to do the right thing. They're there to make money. And no matter yeah, how many- yeah, Most companies are amoral, right? That's just yeah. it, you know? It's, it, you know, it's about the, you know, the bottom line. It's about, and companies, I mean, I realize that they have mottos and that they, you know, there are good people at, at every com company that's out there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, at the bottom line there, they are there to make money. So, yeah. So it's, so it's just, yeah. It, there, there's so many factors about this that are just a little unsettling. I mean, yeah, am I like sad that Trump's not on Twitter as a as a person, as a human being? No. As a technologist, am I concerned for the future and that we're increasingly a society that's accepting of moderation and censorship to protect anything, to protect anything. Like again, I, I just want to go back to the quote, freedom is, you know, not sorry, those who prefer safety over freedom deserve neither, right? Like that's, I truly believe that. I think that they're like, I'm freedom first always. And the idea of now there, are, again, I think it goes back to there are limits. You know, if there's like illicit material, especially, you know, like there's certain things that again, I find revolting and you find revolting and most people would, and yeah, in those cases, absolutely, it has to go offline. It breaks laws, right? In those cases, it would it would break a law. But um, and this, you know, that's where I guess I, I'm curious is, you know, is, is there a law being broken because some of the members? Again, this goes back to like cherry picking. I mean, we're not talking about taking some people offline. We're taking a whole platform offline, right? And the platform itself is for from my understanding, from what I was reading, I've never been on there, but uh, yeah. So full disclosure, I've never been on there. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about it other than what I've read secondhand, which is it's a place for dissenting conversations for with conservative leaning people. I think that's accurate. Um, so if there are some bad actors on that platform, which I think is what you were saying is that they just didn't moderate, which is the point. They're not moderating. There is no moderation. Yeah. And so those free discussions are happening without anyone saying, look, this is potentially going to lead to violence. And in this case, uh, actually, I, have we, I mean, I assume that there's like, we have like, ver it has been verified that like, like violence definitely occurred because of Parler, right? Like, I'm not sure I saw any, I saw screenshots of things saying like, for instance, one of the ones was something about blowing up AWS's data center or something like that. Um, yeah, there were definitely there there were definitely um, yeah insightful comments, um, threats, right uh, that that were going on, and that that was kind of the the impetus there is that it was they 
the fear that it was going to be used as organization for you know something else like in-person violence. Um, yeah, if you're if you if you're ha- if you're facilitating the breaking of laws, mm-hmm. then I think that that's maybe sort of the ground that starts to make a little bit more sense for me personally. Yeah. You know, yeah. But again, these are just words, so it's like I don't know. It's 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 like. And keep, keep having such an inner conflict about this. You know, I want to find that line, like, like that easy line, like, Oh, I did this, check that box, move on. And I'm not sure if this actually falls into that yet. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that there is, the problem is there isn't. And that line moves based on kind of societal interactions, right? Like as as technologists, we want a, if it's then that, right. Right. Yeah. We want, we want that like, okay, this is exactly what happened. So, you know, every single time I want the same reaction and we're dealing with emotions and kind of political wins that are going on. And so that line is so fuzzy just based on the emotion of the moment that, it, that it, it's hard to define what that is. Um, I don't know. I like, I, I've been thinking too, right. That from a diversity and inclusion perspective, right. Like it's, it, We've had Laura Migas on a couple of times, right? She was at Midwinter Nights Con um, talking about including people and people feeling excluded um, and the code of conduct that we have for those conferences and for most conferences that we're trying to include people. And most of the speech and, you know, this sort of activity, others people, right, to, to use Laura's words and forces that out, right? Like it's, it's not necessarily a building thing, but again, right. Like, can we enforce a code of conduct on a service that we're not involved with? Right. I, or that is not based in our community. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Right. Like, um, yeah, I don't know the right answer either. That's, that's, at least, uh, but I think it's at least, you know, worth this discussion to, to think through it because it's, it's just, it's like, like I said, I mean, I'm glad to hear that you saw people having some like discussion oh, I, about I, it. That's I, amazing. I, did. right? I didn't. I saw people just like, yeah, this is great. We like cut, we cut off a service and we, you know, and I was like, and we silenced, you know, a sitting president and all that stuff. And I was like, this feels really weird that nobody is like, Hey, there's probably some ramifications here. If we, I know we're happy, you know, emotionally or whatever, I guess some people are happy about this, but like, what the fuck, man? Like there's some real consideration. So I'm glad you saw it. I mean, were there any other things thrown into the mix from those conversations that, you know, we haven't like covered yet. I think we've covered all the stuff on my checklist. Um, I, I mean, I think two thirty came up quite a bit. Um, th- there's a couple people that were talking through it, right? Um, let me see. Oops, I clicked on the wrong link there. I finally get off Twitter, or I'm not on Twitter much, and finally a meaningful discussion happens. <laughs> <That> happens. <laughs> but that, no, it was people getting, being. Get, get back to it, jeez. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'll have to send over some of them and we can continue the conversation in, uh, you know, Slack as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely curious, like um, for viewers, like feel free to post in Slack or YouTube comments or whatever, what any thoughts that you have, because I think this is one where it's, it's more interesting to collect the broader community's thoughts on this than it is for just Seth and I to like have this discussion, you know, kind of going in circles, not really coming, obviously we're not going to come to any conclusion, you know, it's just sort of, yeah, well, and, I feel good to talk about it. Yeah. And just kind of think through it. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and that was the other thing, right? Like it, the, the one thing that we, that we haven't talked about was the, the swing before, right? Like, so after nine 11, um, like the government swung very hard towards like anti-terrorism and used that to uh, like with the Patriot Act to do also like basically gain all sorts of powers. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, which was supported on both sides of the political at spectrum. the time. Yeah. 
at the yep. time. And because we were all, again, society and yep. their emotions and popular opinion spun up some decisions that we now look back on and kind of cringe a little bit. Is that, is that a good, fair way to say it? Would you yeah. say? Yeah. And, 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 you know, in politics in general, that seems to happen, right? We swing from one side to the other based on those political wins. And, um, but I, I'm, I'm fully expecting there to be that sort of a discussion and almost probably that sort of a reaction after what, what happened last week is, mm. you know, like, okay, parlor goes down. Like there's, there's certain power that's, that's shown there, but there's also like, um, okay, now we need to be able to see every like create back doors and all of these communication platforms to watch out again for, you know, you know, domestic terrorism or terrorism in general. Um, like we're giving up privacy as individuals to allow for that monitoring. Um, and how far do we want to allow that to go? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean in I, general, I, right. Like know, yeah. me, I'm always like, don't let it go far. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't care freedom over everything, but that's, you know, it's a pretty simplistic view. I think in these, these day, this day and age, perhaps. Yeah. And then there's also uh, the whole Facebook WhatsApp thing that's going on right now. Um, I haven't even heard about that. I spent so much time looking up the laws for this and trying to figure out the legal precedents and trying to see like, yeah, like I haven't even heard about this bit. I can't wait. What's up now? (laughs) What's going on? So, so did you hear that uh, Elon Musk came out and told everyone to use Signal instead of WhatsApp? Um, did he? Right, or did, yes, he did. Um, and you know, I saw Moxie was on a. Yeah, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, mm-hmm. which is like, I don't. That was I, crazy you know, too. Yeah, people have varying opinions about that podcast and whatever. Like, I don't, you know teach their own. I don't care one way or the other. But I thought it was because it's a super popular podcast. It was awesome to see one of our own, you know, because I mean, you and I remember Moxie when he was just like, just kind of yeah, like a around. beach bum, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> showing up to conferences randomly. Like, it's kind of, that was kind of, I don't mean to derail you, but yeah, that was kind of cool to see that. I was like, oh man, somebody in our community like made it big, kind of, you know, it was cool. Yeah. Anyways, well, back to Signal and Elon Musk. <laughs> Yeah. So, so basically WhatsApp um, has said they're going to start sharing because they're owned by Facebook now that Facebook is starting to, is going to start pulling the data from WhatsApp into Facebook. Right. So, and start collecting data about WhatsApp users, um, which has not happened up to this point. Um, And yeah, there's a new terms of service that came out that basically says they're going to share their data with Facebook. Um, You either have to agree or delete your account. That's realistically, that's what's happened. So all that data that WhatsApp has about users also, you know, so you've got Facebook on your phone that's tracking you. Now you're going to have WhatsApp that's been doing the same thing, but it also ties to other users. And it used to be what used to be viewed as a secure platform has become less secure is basically what's going on. So Elon Musk comes out and says, all right, maybe you should be using Signal instead. Um, and you're seeing Signal and Telegram downloads go through the roof because people are moving off of WhatsApp because they're afraid of what's going to happen. And so this is like we're in the midst of this as well um, because those, again, those large companies have access to you know, all sorts of information about you and they want to sell more ads. All of a sudden, that communication platform has become a way, again, a way for them to sell more ads to you. It's basically what it boils down to. Yeah. And actually Ken Fuller brings up a good point here about the fact, like, I don't really know. He might have a, he might have a different point here, but he mentions uh, Oculus and yeah, yeah, like Oculus to, I actually had to set up a Facebook account for my son in order for him to log into the Oculus. And I was, there are no other options. They, they took away the, uh, they took away the option of creating an Oculus only account. And I don't even know if that's what he's talking about. But all of this is definitely getting to a point where every device we own, everything that we do, especially when we work from home because of this quarantine. And I mean, I worked, you and I worked for, and probably a lot of people watching the podcast work from home for at least portions of their career. For us, you and I, for most of our career. So, uh, you know, we're pretty heavily dependent on this technology. Um, 
And it's pretty much the way that, you know, in terms of like career wise, we network with each other like this. You, this podcast is on YouTube. What if, what if they don't like what we're saying? Yeah. You know, Cause it's a, it's a dissenting opinion and we're pulled offline. Right. That's, I guess my fear. And it will always be my fear that they're, that we are relying upon some giant tech. I think this is what it's bringing to light for everybody is that we are, we are now kind of at the mercy digitally of a few companies. So when they take something offline that is not, it's not obvious that everybody on the platform is trying to incite violence. It gets weird. And yeah, but anyway, so like, uh, so WhatsApp wants to share data with Facebook. Um, Oculus is obviously linked with Facebook because it's made Facebook. by Facebook. Yep, owned by um, Facebook. Yeah, so then you yeah, even see like, track everything you do. Yeah, yeah, everything you do. I mean, you well, know, I, like I pay for things now with my phone. Like, you know, yeah. I'm pretty hooked in. I think we're all pretty hooked in. We're all getting increasingly reliant upon all this stuff. So. When I had this, I, I like I had this uh, discussion earlier. Actually, like this year, it ended up being before everything happened. And I know we didn't talk about it, but the there was kind of that research that was done between comparing the the digital assistants, right? So Siri versus um, Echoes or you know whatever, right? And um, or Alexa, right? And turned out that the way that Apple was handling things was actually, you know, more privacy focused than how Amazon handles things. Right. Um, and so we started having discussions. I'm like, well, yeah, that's why those Alexa devices are so inexpensive is because they want you to use them. Right. They're using them right. to promote their other platforms there. And so they are basically giving them to you at cost. Again, it's like a razors versus razor blades thing. Um, but in the digital age, whereas, you know, you go to Apple or something, you know, and there's, you pay a premium for it, but at the very least they're containing some of that, you know, locally and they're not pushing as much back to the cloud. It doesn't mean that it, that it can't change. Um, but you like no consumer outside of like our industry probably looks at that sort of thing, right? They look at the cost and they're like, well, why wouldn't I use a digital assistant that only cost me 20 bucks as opposed to a hundred dollars, right? Convenience and comfort. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are the number one. I mean, we, you know, I've said it before. We, you know, when we were in AppSec Day Australia on that panel, and talked about it. Like, it's you know, it's it's not a thing of, it's not a thing of anyone's being forced to do anything or what have you. It's that modern life brings with it some conveniences and comforts that we're all getting a little bit more used to, and we're comfortable putting listening and viewing devices and surveillance, essentially surveillance devices in our house for convenience and comfort. We're okay with shutting down services because it seems like something that should be shut down. You know, there is this weird point in technology where, so I feel like we're almost at a point where it's, it's, I'm glad that there are a lot of people uh, focused on this is I guess what I would say, because like EFF, for example, um, because I think it's, it's, yeah, it's getting to a point where we're normalizing two things that, that really bother me, which is one is normalizing, you know, surveillance and all of that's happening because of how connected we are. And we're normal and we're normalizing that to the next generation. We're also normalizing to them that if you disagree with something and you don't like it, it's okay to shut it up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this goes against my cultural beliefs as well as, as a hacker. Um, my just general distrust of authority, to be quite honest with you. And in this case, there's a lot of authority telling people what they can do and what they can't do. Yep. And, and it, it, I, again, I'm just it's, taking the, yeah, you just have to, yeah, I'm just thinking outside of the one specific situation, just trying to think of the larger implications, I guess. And I think you are too. And that's what this whole conversation is about. Yeah. I, and I go, I like, I keep going back to those early days of the internet, right? Like where it was just like, it did almost feel like subterfuge, right? Like everything that we were able to download and that the information that we could, we could access that we knew was not like something that, like the local library would have or um, 
yeah, like, I don't know, like you start talking about building those phone boxes and things like that, like yeah. subverting technology. And like, it, it was so amazing, but we knew it was dangerous, like this fine line that we had to walk. And like, I some of us walked that line better than others. <laughs> yeah, some of us did. Some of us did. <laughs> More responsibly. Oh, and there's always kind of been that anarchist bent to hackers, right? Right. You're taking something, changing its intended purpose and trying to subvert what's actually there. Like that's part of what we do in an assessment. That's what I do when I'm looking at code is how can this be subverted? And like, literally we make a living out of being told we can't do things and then going and doing those things. We literally make our livings and our livelihoods off of that premise. So yeah, it's pretty anti, you can't tell me what to do because watch this, you know, or it's pretty pro that I should say, an anti-authority. So yeah, just in the spirit of what we do, I think it's very like, yeah, you're telling me this isn't possible. Hold my beer. Wait yeah, a exactly. Wait a second. Because <laughs> yeah. just because you say something doesn't mean that that's really the case. Um, I don't know. And then it's like the companies that skeptical, analytical, logical view is what I expect of all of us. That's, yeah. that's what I would say. That's what I would expect of all of us when these situations arise and then not a jump to my feelings. Like you got to put that shit aside. Cause like there are some bigger implications here and we're right smack dab in the middle of it as technologists, as hackers. So <laughs> Yeah. I don't well and that's I don't know. That's what I would hope to see honestly in political candidates as well is that right. even keel like like and and that's what I hate about like the the polarization of what's going on is I'm I I feel like that even keel of hey we need to solve problems and get things done. And to do that you have to you have to divorce yourself from kind of the political winds and these like extreme feelings that you have. And yet it doesn't seem that either side is is doing that. Like it's that prance on, ha ha ha, like we're in power now, or like we can tell you what to do, or I'm going to take my ball and go home, right? Like it goes back and forth and it swings both ways. And so it's it, it's hard to see how they're working for people in general. Um, even though when you when you engage with most of them, that's what that's what seems to be the case. I I don't know, man. I just um, if it helps, if it helps the right. And the left don't give a fuck about you at all. They don't give a fuck about you. They give a fuck about their power, about their profit, about their publicity. But they don't give two shits about you or me. They just don't yeah. care. You don't have to pick a side. You don't have to don't have to play into that. You can just be objective. That's the yeah. gift that we have, I think. Yeah. Well, and that I mean that's what I want to see from technologists as well. That's right, like stepping back from that. Um and I did see people again, it goes back to, I did see people that did that. Right. Like, and then this right. same conversation that we're having, I know others have had it and they probably had it sooner. Right. Like it happened early, like as things started to escalate last week. Um, the question is, are there enough people having that conversation that it doesn't spin too far out of control? Yeah. And uh, I like to uh, at least do our part. So I like yeah. that we did our part to at least have a discussion about this. I can feel good, even though I was super nervous to have it. Cause I know that like, man, these days it's like that. And that's the thing that's scary is like, sometimes it's actually, honestly, there, you mentioned cancel, cancel culture before, but sometimes it is scary to give your opinion these days because it's like, well, you know, it can be interpreted many different ways. I mean, play the telephone game and see how that after five people, what you said, you know, how it's filtered and reheard and and redisseminated. That's yeah. It's, it's, it's things are, it's hard. It's hard to get your message across and for everybody to understand it the same way. So that's part of it. And then the other part is just, yeah, there's sometimes there's just like this outrage over, you know, certain comments and it's like, but yeah, I, I, I think, hopefully we did some justice to this topic today. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know we didn't, we didn't answer any like, real hard questions about it. Right. Besides kind of talking it through like the feelings that we're having. Um, and I, I am glad to hear that, you know, other people that 
listen to the podcast are thinking the same things as well. Um, we will get back to our regular scheduled like application security topics. <laughs> I'm sure in the next couple of weeks, right? Like as we you know, have other guests that are on, um, mm. I know there's some dynamic assessment stuff that uh, like I'm interested, um, like the Stackhawk people reached out and we've got some people, some guests to line up. So watch out yeah. for that because there's, you know, there's a lot of good discussions that we need to have. Like I feel like the industry as a whole is, growing up and evolving and hopefully we're going to be a part of that. So, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Well, uh, All right. yeah. So we're back to normal, I guess is the, the, the headline there. Um, minus well, today. We're, we're, we'll see after the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> we get canceled and revoke or removed from YouTube or something. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, or Spotify or whatever we're on. I know you handle that part of this. So you, yeah. What platforms are we on, anyways? I think uh, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Anything else? Uh, Stitcher. Um, I know I only have links. I think I I finally put up links to. Well, there we're on Google Play. Basically, it's anywhere that I could submit our RSS feed from the site uh, that actually hosts all of the uh, all of the podcasts or all the episodes. Um. Mm. But those are the main ones are so somebody like Apple and Google, their podcasts, uh, Spotify podcasts, Stitcher, uh, those four right now. If you have another platform that you want us to to push that RSS feed to, let me know and I'll research and drop it in there. It's just basically based on you know what users want to want to have. Well, hey, um, so my New Year's resolution is to get that to get the swag out. So I've got wait, all we have swag, Ken? We have swag. I know, I know. It's in a box. It's a very dusty box. <laughs> no, um, that's that's my my thing. So uh, I've already started working towards that. So um, I know I say that all the time, but like I'm going to be responsible this year. So <laughs> no, we have a lot going on. That's you know. So it's it's going to be good. It's going to be a good year. I doesn't matter what's going on in the larger universe. When you come to this podcast, we got a bunch of good stuff lined up. So it'll be it'll yep. be fun. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. Find us on Twitter or on or join our Slack channel. Love to carry on the conversation and yeah, we'll see everybody next week. Thank you. Don't cancel us. Love you guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.